And now, another cup of... The London Fog. Welcome. Welcome. Yep, that's right. We're back again. And I would just like to give a shout out to one of our loyal followers, Austin, because it's him who keeps me going. (laughs) Well, all of of you keep me going. But those of you who write in to be like, oh, we're so glad you're back. Then I'm like, oh. Can't let them down. <laughs> can't, can't let them down. No, it's definitely very true. Austin holds a special place in both of our hearts. So, yes, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. Anyone else want to send us encouragement? We appreciate it. Yeah, send us an email, guys. Which, mm. by the way, our email is uh, LondonFogPodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, a little less pausing. <laughs> Yeah. I was trying to remember it. <laughs> I know. That's always me. I'm all like, is there a the there? I think there was somebody that already had the London Fog, which I was super surprised by. But you know what? It is an excellent tea drink. So can you really blame them? Well, no. There was somebody who had a podcast called The London Fog. Yeah. And they and- made three episodes. And we researched it. it and that was it. And then it and it was like back in 2015, like right when podcasts must have been starting. So maybe it was just like memes, you know, but we're grateful that they didn't continue it because yeah. we had to steal the name. Their failure is our achievement. No, I don't know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, before we even hopped on, I asked I asked Leah if we had any uh Good British news to share on the London Fog. There is no good news. No happy news, apparently. Well, okay. Actually, I lied because when she asked me that, I was like, no, there's no good news. (laughs) Boris Johnson is dying. But it turns out he's probably not dying because... (laughs) They won't let him die. The good news, apparently, is that he's taking short walks. So that's that's the good news. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, mean, I'm going to admit, obviously... I feel bad that he's in the hospital, but also I don't like him very much. So, you know, there's these things, but, you know, happy news. How about this? I do know that on BBC News, if you search uplifting stories, they have been putting like somewhere between like three to five, just like little tidbits of happy things. They didn't used to have this. I swear it's just because COVID happened and they're all like, damn, there's a lot of bummer Mm. news out there. Yeah. So there's some cute ones. I think the latest one that I've seen was the a whole like street of neighbors in Northampton came together and sang outside one of their neighbors' uh, homes because uh, it was his hundredth birthday. Oh, that's sweet. That one was really cute. Yeah, there was something cute I saw. If you go onto the um, Kensington Royal Instagram. Uh, Will and Kate were like chatting online with some uh, like kids and stuff. I don't know. It was like a video chat. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it was really cute. And I mm-hmm. and the and one of the kids asked Kate who her favorite celebrity that she's ever met is, which I think is a good question because especially like Kate who. Like, at least, like, I don't know, Megan was a celebrity herself, but, like, Kate wasn't when she married in. So, like, it probably is exciting to meet celebrities. Anyway, and she said it was David Attenborough. Oh, my gosh. 
gosh, that's just which is a pretty good one. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> But also, like, is that real or is that just, like, a safe person to say is your favorite celebrity? Like, she's not going to be like, oh, man, when I met Beyonce, you know? Yeah, Kanye. (laughs) Controversy. I know, like, David Attenborough, let me just give a little bit of a salute and ode to David Attenborough. That's not even a part of this episode, but it is now. Um, It, It should be a part of every episode. It should. He is an amazing man, number one. You Number know what? Two. We need to talk about him in a, in a <gasps> Oh my gosh. Like, Next a great episode material? About. I think so because his life story, number one, fascinating. Number two, his brother was in Jurassic Park. Um, so that makes him really cool. Number three, though, he's voiced more documentaries than anybody ever in the existence of you know, narrating documentaries. But his fascination and his... Uh, I don't, what's the word? Just his philanthropy towards mm, like nature, like all these different foundations. He invests so much into it. And I think it's incredible life work. He's an amazing man. And when I had to give my quote for my new job, talking, you know, some funny quote about myself, I said that David Attenborough would be my spirit animal. That's that's a good one. <laughs> I thought so. Everybody was all like, who's David Attenborough? And I was all like, okay, and we're finished here. <laughs> okay, you not know who David Attenborough is? I don't know. Some people. <laughs> some people. But, so yeah, happy news a little little harder but I mean in happy news I feel like maybe I should exploit the cuteness that is Leah's baby because Mara just took Easter photos and I got to see one and dang (laughs) they are cute they're adorable feel like maybe we should share with the the people oh she's so cute in her little bunny suit Okay, we can post one on the Instagram because I took too many to post them all on our my own Instagrams. Perfect. <laughs> we'll just, you know, because that's what we're talking about today, guys. We're talking about springtime. Because it's finally spring. <laughs> and not the producer musical Springtime in <laughs> for Hitler, Germany. But yeah, it's spring. We're going to talk uh, about different traditions and different... I don't know, events that happen in the United Kingdom during this time of year, just because we wanted to keep something light, something fun, and kind of make a little bit of a holiday episode for everybody that's about to celebrate either Passover or or has celebrated Passover or Easter, because I probably think we'll release this episode probably a day or two right after Easter, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is just something kind of focused around the time of the year, keeping our spirits high, you know, things are beautiful out. I know we might be in this crazy, crazy epidemic of what is going on in the world, but there's so many beautiful things to still focus on. We have nature and the flowers are springing and they're stunning and nothing is more beautiful than I think London during springtime so we're gonna just kind of focus on on the happy things 
yeah, except you just reminded me that nothing's more beautiful than London in springtime. And I had to cancel a trip to London in spring in a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, no. So way to be a downer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> next time, next time you go, take some pictures. We'll put it on the Instagram. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, so do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Where are we going with this? I feel like you should start. Okay. So I decided in our springy theme to talk about the RHS Chelsea Flower Show, the Royal Horticultural oh, Society. Pretty. It's an amazing event, which has unfortunately been canceled this year, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk about it. No, for so, sure. Basically, if you don't know what it is, it's a super famous flower and landscape garden show. Um, it's usually a pretty big event that's attended by a lot of members of the British Royal family. In fact, um, last year, actually, uh, Kate designed a garden for the show. Um, did she? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm. Um, and so, so yeah, so let's just talk a little bit about the history. So the first, it used to be called just the great spring show which I kind of feel like should still be its name. Yeah. Um, the Great British Baking Show. Yeah. The Great Spring Show. So the, so the Royal Horticultural Society had started doing flower shows back in 1833, and they had their own little garden that they would do their flower shows in. Um, but after, so that was 1833. In 1888, they decided they needed to move the show to the heart of London, so that people more people will so come. that everybody can enjoy it it really is if you haven't seen pictures we'll definitely post them on the instagram it's yeah. stunning it's so it's so beautiful yeah so they um so they were originally in temple gardens which are on like embankment and fleet street is where they started in london but then in 1912 they had a big exhibition, like the regular show was canceled for a big exhibition, which were on the grounds of the Royal Hospital in Chelsea. And it was such a good site that they moved the Great Spring Show there in 1913, and it's been there ever since. Oh, wow. I didn't know. So yeah. long. Yeah, I know. It's been going on forever. So um, basically... It's been going on ever since then, but it started out with, like, just a few different gardens, um, and it's just grown every year. So, in during the First World War, they actually held it for a few years, but they ended up canceling it in 1917, 1918. Um, then, First World War, War, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then in the 20s, they brought it back, and they established some like famous tea parties that they have at the show. Um, and Royal visits started to be really popular at the flower show. Um, it was canceled during the second world war because of um, obviously the war, but they, they made the war office was using the site for something. But as soon as it was over, they continued on and it's been a great success ever since so one of the like main big events that kind of 
made it so popular was when Queen Elizabeth was coronated in 1953. They they did kind of like a big theme about the celebration. Uh, most members of the royal family attended that year. Unfortunately, the queen was so busy because it was her coronation year. She was like the only one who didn't go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But because of that, like it was it was like such a popular celebration for her coronation that that's kind of what kicked it off that more of the public went instead of just like, oh, just like before that it was kind of like, oh, like first it was just people who were part of the Royal Horticultural Society. And then it was like, oh, people who are kind of interested in flowers. And then it like at this point it became like, oh, this is like a thing to do in the spring in London, you know? Um, so in, so everything just like kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In 1987, they sold not they had 90,000 visitors per day. Wow. Um, yeah. And so that was insane. So they had to set a limit. <laughs> so in 1988, <laughs> they set a limit so that only 40,000 visitors per day could go. Um, so anyway, that was, yeah, it was a big mess for them. Pe- that was people started like scalping tickets to the flower show, which is kind of insane when you think about it. <laughs> I mean, we've all done it for Beyonce. Let's just keep bringing out Beyonce into this episode, the flower episode. Yeah. But. Yeah. So they decided that actually even that amount of people was insane. So nowadays, um, it is attended by about 160,000 visitors every year. Um, It's a five-day show. So 160,000 people in five days is actually a huge amount. Um, But all tickets have to be purchased in advance. They don't sell them on site, obviously, because it's so crazy popular. So it's, like, hard Mm -hmm. to get tickets, too. Um, Like I said, a lot of members of the royal family go, so it's kind of, like, a hot – hot place to be seen (laughs) yeah um so anyway the whole point of it is people like design these gardens or they so there's a whole area that's like just devoted to show gardens um and so it's kind of like a place to see trends in gardens which I didn't really know was a thing but there are trends (laughs) in gardens um and then also just like to show off new plants if you like I don't know, developed a new kind of rose or something. Um, so they they have awards. So it's not just of like, course. oh, you're just going to look at these flowers. So there are five award categories. Um, there's the flora, which would be like the gardens and floral exhibits. The hog, which are exhibits of trees. The nightshin, which is exhibits of vegetables and herbs. The Lindley Award, which is exhibits of special education or scientific interest. And Grenfell, which is exhibits of pictures, photographs, floral arrangements, and floristry that, you know, all have to do with flowers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in addition to that, there's a few, like, special awards, like, for um, junior displays. Like, juniors can enter things or, like, best best city garden, best courtyard garden, you know, things like that. Um, so yeah, there it's, I don't know if you ever get the chance to go, which it's hard to get tickets. I highly recommend it. Um, they, 
there have been a few like really amazing displays over the years that have been really popular, um, which was, you know, on the coronation year, there were a lot of really special displays. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been, it's like the whole Commonwealth. So sometimes people will do like a New Zealand themed garden with just like only plants from New Zealand and things like that, which is really interesting. Um, and like I said, last year, Kate made a garden, which was pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, anyway, it's just a really awesome thing. You can go onto the rhs.org.uk website and they actually have, you can like click through and they'll show you like pictures of, you know, what they did, what the gardens looked like in the 20s, what they looked like in the fall. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. 60s and like 80s. And it's actually pretty interesting to see. It's like when you look through at how garden trends have changed, even though like you, at least me, don't necessarily think there are garden trends. When you're looking through, you're like, oh, yeah this looks like a 90s garden like right. I don't know <laughs> yeah I, know, I don't know what sure. it is but it's it's totally true it's crazy so um which apparently the big trend for this year it, it's been canceled but the trend was like planned gardens that look wild that's kind of the trend these days oh. so <laughs> everybody that's stuck at home you know needing to do plant your garden yeah, I got mean, little tidbits for you. Yeah, <laughs> but it actually is pretty interesting to go and look at like the gardens that have won awards over the years to be like, oh, this is a good idea for my garden, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, that is the Royal Horticultural Society Chelsea Flower Show. I hope to Ooh. someday go when the Queen is there. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I saw some pictures that she was there. I think last year. I think she went to check out. Probably I didn't know that uh, that Kate had made. Yeah, a, yeah, she did go check out garden. Kate. Yeah, but I, I saw the pictures of her going the previous year, and just to kind of segue and maybe just add a little tidbit onto that because of the flower show that goes on. There's just Chelsea and Bloom at the same time of year, so because it's become this such a big focus, and so many people, as you say, you know, go to see the garden show. People, the the city or the neighborhood, the district of Chelsea has started doing, uh, decorating like the front of shops and in the middle of parks. So you can go to chelseainbloom.co.uk and they have all of the ones that are around the city and every year they have a theme. So it's become a competition just amongst like store owners. And once again, this year it's canceled, which is such a bummer because the theme for this year is extraordinary voyages um, focused kind of on around the world in 80 days. So you could, right. Your inspiration can be anything, anything cultural, but every year they they have a different theme and it's kind of fun just to see pictures of all these different, you know, like a Hugo Boss store down to even just like a mom and pop um, coffee shop will try to decorate the front of their store, fresh flowers and on the theme. So last year was like an underwater theme, like under the sea or something of that nature. Um, 
I know they've done that. I don't remember all the themes. I know there was one, I think maybe the, the year before it was a safari theme. So everything was like, like giraffes and, and elephants being made out of floral arrangements. So you just have right in the front of your store. So they do a really cool job and that goes on at the same time as the flower show. And it's up for like a, a week. People try to, you know, last it longer, but as you know, like cut floral, you know, almost like how we do the Rose Bowl in yeah. America. And you make those floats. They just do it for a day, but they showcase these for a week because after the week is over, kind of the flowers are probably starting to die. So it kind of reminds me of in like elementary school when everyone, when there's like a theme and all the classrooms like decorate their door. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like the same. You know, everybody just wants a little bit of a, a tidbit, a little bit in there. But that's not what I'm exactly talking about today. I'm talking about a different tradition and English festival. I might say a little incorrectly, but I'm going to say Tichborn. Tichborn Dole uh, is what I'm going to talk you about. Know what you're saying. <laughs> I know it's maybe like, spell it. Spell it for us. T i c h b o r n e. So Tichborn, new word Dole, like D O L E, like pineapple. Wow. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'm sure, I feel like you're probably word? saying it right. I just like couldn't figure out what I you're know, trying I to say. <laughs> and it's it's a village um, in Hampshire, um, Tichborne or Tickborn, uh, and it has a the Tickborn Dole or Tichborn uh, Dole is an English festival of charity that's given during the feast of. Uh, Annication? I'm not really sure what that is. The feast. Oh, of uh, the feast of an Annunciation. Annunciation. I can. Can't it's speak. it's uh Isn't it's a religious Our thing. Lady's Day, right? Like yeah, it it's Mary, some Mary? sort of Christian I should have done more. feast <laughs> that we should probably know about. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's in the Bible, anyway. <laughs> Annunciation. Thank you. Um, it is a festival that is cent- uh, centered on handing out of flower donations amongst your friends and especially uh, blessed by the parish priest. Oh, why don't we know about this? This sounds awesome. Well, it's pretty. It, it has. I kind of heard about it. I was like, okay, so so what? You're handing out you know, flower to your neighbor. But this has been going on since the 12th century. So they're guesstimating it started in 1150. And it's still going on. And there's a curse along with this beautiful Wait, this just celebration. just a really crazy turn. Right? <laughs> and that's when I was like, a curse. <laughs> So we're going to get through the whole thing. But there's a curse along <laughs> with this beautiful celebration of spring. So... It's celebrated uh, in the month of April every year. It's been around since 1150, and it was started by Lady Mabella Tichborn, who on her deathbed instructed that a donation of farm produce to be made to the poor each year. So she makes this claim, and her husband, who kind of didn't approve of her charity works, 
but said, I agree to your request uh, on the condition that she uh, only took from a certain portion of land and that she was able to encircle that land on her own power, can't ask a servant, you know, to go walk around it, carrying a burning torch in her hand. So she was a rather petite, delicate woman, and those torches are big and heavy, and it's lit on fire. And he says, sure, I'll donate. He was a little bit stingy. I'll donate, but you only can go as far as you can carry it. And she's all was like, okay, well, I'll show him. She had poor health and she's super duper petite, but she takes this burning torch and it said that she successively crawled towards the end, a grand total of around 23 acres before the torch went out. So, wow. So now we call these areas of Tichborn, the village there, we, any place that, that donates is called the crawl. So in its a circumference of the city or village that all donates part of their, their wheat to give to charity. But since she did this and literally, you know, in the, I say literally, it is <laughs> reported back that she had to crawl back. When she came back, she laid upon, I don't know why she cursed her own family, but she did. <laughs> and she, uh, she laid down a curse. She placed a curse to ensure that this request would never be abandoned. And according to the curse, the deal is, is if the dole were to stop, so the doling out of goods, the Tichborn family would bear seven sons. And then in the next generation, seven daughters leading to the family name being lost and, you know, the losing of the house and they'd fall into shambles and ruins. So, so because of that, wait, okay. Sorry, so the going. curse is you the curse is that the family would bear seven sons uh-huh. and probably in that seven one of them would go I'm not doing the dole anymore and with that being said he would bear and or all of the sons would become cursed and they would end up only having women to pass on the family name to but because women can't inherit any property they would lose everything. Uh, so the family would go bankrupt, lose the name and therefore lose the Tichborn dole. So, uh, it's happened once the dole continued since the time of lady Tichborn's death, uh, which was like 1175 all until, uh, 1796. Wow. So it lasts this entire time, and then the 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 land and the household passes on to a different baron. Sir Henry Tichborn became the uh, eighth son, and he was the seventh. He was the eldest of seven brothers, and he decided, "I'm not going to do it." But had no idea that, you know, he was already a part of the seven, the seven brothers. So it just starts passing down to brother, to brother, to brother. He passes away quick. Next brother passes away quick. It's not until like they land upon like the third or fourth brother 
that he he says, okay, we're going to bring back the dole, but all he has is daughters anyway. Uh, and so they have to pass it down. And it finally lands on like the fifth brother back from when it was inherited that he finally takes it. This is uh, Alfred Tichborn. And he was born after the the dole restarted because after all of these boys start dying off, the brothers go, Oh my gosh, I think the curse is real. And we're seven brothers. So they, um, and everybody's only had girls and all of their girls added up to being the seven daughters. Oh, and so they restarted it and it has been going on since 1829. And hasn't stopped so you gather up some of your wheat and you share it with your neighbor and you donate it to charities and a lot of parishes donate it then to um like food shelters in need and Hmm. that is the titchborne dole along with its curse that's so crazy I know, because I, I thought it was a little weird, the fact that it's like a happy festival, but they, they almost do it out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of, I, I haven't seen the movie just because I don't watch scary movies, but I've seen the preview when it came out for that Midsommar movie. Oh, I mean, I don't that? watch I don't watch scary things. I don't even watch I can't previews. watch scary I things. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, mind you, that's about Midsommar, but... Uh, kind of the like May Day is coming up. We have our Maypoles with Maypole dancing and you know celebrating you know the coming of spring. But I feel like this is a little bit more appropriate because it takes like a dark twist back to they do it because they want to. I guess the family is the one that still heads it up, and the estate is the one that you know hosts everybody coming. And the crawl has gotten larger and larger, so kind of that circumference of space and everybody that participates become larger. But I still think they kind of do it out of fear. (laughs) I think so. They're definitely doing it out of fear. No. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Tichborn Dole or Tickborn Dole, however you want to pronounce T-I-C-H-B-O-R-N-E. I'm not sure. That's probably right. (laughs) It's <laughs> close enough. I mean, if people really wanted scholars, they'd go and, you know, listen to, I'm sure the National Geographic has something going on. <laughs> Somebody that has maybe a, a history background, but we're just two people really interested in British culture. So, you know, you get yeah. what you get. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that's going to do us for this episode. Yeah. A little shorter than the yeah. other ones. But yeah, we just wanted to talk about spring. Springtime. This was an excellent one. You you definitely got to mop your floor and probably got to clean off, you know, countertops and things. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you can donate towards our content in return. You know, we're not doing this for free. Uh, well, I guess we are. We are. We are doing this for free. <laughs> but your content would be well well received. Yeah, All right, we- guys. All right. Uh, I guess, you know, a happy Easter to those who just celebrated it. And uh, And Passover. And yeah. Cheers. Probably some other holidays. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.